We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I discuss the accusation that as a conservative, I'm an extremist and somehow holding conservative views and actually lowering myself to have voted for Donald Trump in the last election makes me an extremist. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's show. Today I want to discuss this accusation that's been thrown my way, and maybe you've been accused of it too, that I'm an extremist, you're an extremist, and that you Republicans, you conservatives, You folks out there that don't support Crazy Uncle Joe, you don't support Kamala Harris, you don't support the Democratic Party, you actually lowered yourself, you hindered the testimony of the church, you've compromised our constitutional republic, you're engaged, at least tacitly so, in the January 6th insurrection. All of you are in the same camp. All of you are crazy right-wing loons. All of you are deplorables. All of you who even tried to nuance your way through the last couple elections by maybe even criticizing Donald Trump when he was wrong, but actually supporting him when he was right and actually daring to say, because he has defended things that I hold dear, things such as human life, He has stood against abortion in a way that, quite frankly, few, if any, of his previous, of the previous presidents of the United States, of his predecessors, have done. I was surprised. I didn't think he'd do it. I really didn't. When he ran in the primary back in 2015-16, I did not think that he was legitimately pro-life, but I was wrong. The man did stand for the dignity of our youngest, our youngest babies that are being sacrificed in this grisly, this grisly industry called Planned Parenthood and abortion. I actually wrote an article back uh, in the last election season where I said I was wrong about Donald Trump in the 2015-16 season. He's got my vote this time because he proved me wrong. He actually has defended the dignity of human life. I was wrong about him when it came to matters of religious freedom. He actually did defend my religious freedom, my First Amendment rights. He actually stood against censorship, the censorship that the mainstream media is engaged in right now, but my land, social media, is leading the way in spades. They're actually silencing you if you want to talk about things like natural immunity now. And, oh, if you want to discuss the facts with regard to abortion, what actually happens to a baby when it is piecemealed, torn apart, 
and its lungs and its eyes, its brain, are sold for profit, for research. Now, this is not this is not made up. These are facts. But apparently, for believing these things, and even for daring to raise my hand and say, you know, I don't know for sure. I don't know for sure, but the last election sure doesn't smell right. There, there seems to be a real need for us to do an audit in several states to see if the election was honest. Even daring to say that, even saying, I think we need to look at what has taken place in Pennsylvania, in Arizona, in Georgia. I think we need to look at what has taken place and do an audit just so that people can have confidence in future elections that their vote matters. Just for saying that, you're an extremist. You're a crazy man. I'm worried about you. You know, on today's show, I want to discuss this claim that somehow you are an extremist because you believe in the things that the Republican Party stands for. You think that that covenant, that contract with America, to use the language of Newt Gingrich of several decades ago, that contract with America, that covenant, is something that lends itself to more human freedom than the hierarchical structure of the Democratic Party and its platform and its policies. Again, I've talked about this before. Oz Guinness, if you want freedom, always vote for the covenant. Never vote for the hierarchy. That hierarchy's always been toward power because it's always top-down. It's always the smart folks telling everybody else how to live their lives. And therefore, there are more and more and more and more laws and rules imposed top-down upon all of you little people. You rubes, you deplorables, you people that lack gray matter, you people that cling to your God and your guns, you conservatives, you extremists. We need smart folks in Washington, D.C., in Oklahoma City, and elsewhere around the country telling us, telling you how to live your lives because you don't know how many children you should have. My land, there's a guy in Pennsylvania that's actually introduced legislation in the Pennsylvania House that would restrict the number of children that you could have to three. And once you've had three, you should have a forced vasectomy if you're a male so that you can't procreate any further. Now, he suggests that this is somehow parody legislation, but it's actually a proposed bill. And there's a similar bill being proposed in the House in Illinois. That's the kind of conversations we're having now from the left. And then, then, excuse me, then they turn around and accuse you and me of being extremists. I'm going to respond to this accusation very forthrightly and very pointedly after we take a break. I'm Dr. Everett Piper. And this is The Rebellion, and I will be right back in a couple of minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. Uh, give me a second here to do a little housekeeping, if you will. I don't do this very much anymore because I know it was annoying a few of you that listened to The Rebellion routinely. You were always hearing me pitch. 
pitch the subscription option for the Rebellion, but I need to do it once in a while to keep the lights turned on, okay? So if you would like to subscribe to the Rebellion and support us financially with a small contribution monthly, it can be $5, $20, $50, whatever you choose, that does help pay for the time and the research I put in, we put in, to producing the Rebellion. So you can go to patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. Patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. Please consider doing so. Trust me, I'm not getting rich off of doing this, but it does take time. So if you are benefiting from the show, if you enjoy it, if you're challenged by it, if it helps you engage with your family, in your career, in the job, uh, whatever, in your church, if this helps you, then please consider supporting us by going to patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. And don't forget my books. Not a Daycare was my national bestseller. It's still it's still out there selling, folks, and I'm grateful for that. And the sequel to it was published this past April, and it's titled Grow Up. Life isn't safe, but it's good. It's my challenge to cancel culture. It's my challenge to the perpetual juvenileization. I guess it's a, a tongue twister for me right there. This perpetual juvenileization of our culture where we want to somehow remain safe in our own little cubicles and act like spoiled teenagers. And anytime anybody challenges us and makes us feel uncomfortable with a, a thoughtful idea or a challenging idea or, heaven forbid, a conservative idea, a traditional idea that makes you feel threatened that you, you know the person that expressed those ideas should be canceled and silenced. Well, Grow Up challenges that and says the first things in life are not safety. The first things in life are what's true, what's good, and what's beautiful. Truth. All right, back to the show. So I've been called an extremist. Very forthrightly, I've been called an extremist. Now why, you might ask. You've, if you've listened to me every day on this show, or if you've listened to me uh, once a month, if this is the first time you're listening to me on this show, what makes me an extremist? What makes my views extreme? Now implied in the label extremist is that you're somehow cr a crazy person and that you actually might be dangerous. Dangerous to yourself or dangerous to others because of your extreme positions on things. So am I an extremist because I'm pro-life? I believe in the dignity of the human being and that no man has the right to define what's human. That definition of life has been given by God. It is not it is not yours to give or to take. God defines life. I don't, you don't. The government doesn't. God defines life. And any time, any time human beings wrest control of that definition of what's human from God and take that definition unto themselves, unto their government, bad things happen. Hitler declared the Jews to be less than human. Muslims, many Muslims, and Sharia law declare Jews to be less than human. Now today, and I pause, I want you to let that settle in. I want those two statements. Hitler declared the Jews to be less than human. 
Mao declared many people to not be worthy of human life. Radical Darwinism says that the human being is is not distinct from any other biological mass, so you have no moral significance above and beyond the dog, the pig, the cat, the cow. In fact, PETA actually admits that. People for the ethical treatment of animals. They admit that a boy, a boy, their language, is no different than a dog, a pig, a cat, a cow, in terms of moral significance, moral weight, and value. So what makes me an extremist? Believing in pro-life? Are my views extreme? How about pro-religious freedom? Believing that I should have the right, and you should have the right, to practice your faith in private and in public. In the public square, you can express your views publicly because religion isn't confined to the four walls of the church. No, that's not where religion should stay. That's not what the separation of church and state means. It doesn't mean religion has to stay in its place. This wall that Thomas Jefferson referred to in his letter to the Danbury Baptists was to reassure these Baptists that the government would stay out of their business. It wasn't telling the Baptists that they needed to mind their own business. No, that's not what Thomas Jefferson said to them. It Go read the letter. He made it very clear. These Baptists in Danbury, Connecticut were very nervous. They thought that this new republic, this experiment, would squash their religious freedom because they weren't that popular. These Baptists were the minority denomination, if you will, and they didn't want the majority to be squashing their religious freedom, to be silencing them, to be punishing them for exercising their religious freedom. Now, obviously, if they were just praying in the privacy of their own mind and if they were just worshiping in the privacy of their own church and not bothering anybody, they probably wouldn't have been worried that anybody would care to hoots what they were doing. Thomas Jefferson didn't send them a letter saying, keep your religion to yourself and you'll be fine. Nobody will bug you if you just keep it to yourself. No, that's not what the wall separating the church from the state means. No, Thomas Jefferson told these people, relax. There's a wall separating church and state. Now, this is his language. It's not constitutional language, but it is in his letter. He said there's a wall separating the church from the state. But what was his point? Yes, there is a wall, and it's constructed to protect the church, not to protect the state. The wall protects the church from the state, intruding into the church's business and telling it what to do and what to believe and how to practice their faith privately and publicly. That's the point. The wall is there to keep the state out of the church's business. But there's a door in the wall. There's a door, and the door opens from the inside. It opens from the church's side. The church can open the door, go out into culture, do its good work, be salt to a rotting world, be light to the darkness that's so obvious around us when we're butchering children and stealing people's freedom and maligning those who dare to express a different worldview. The church enters into that mess, salts it, shines light on it, does its good work. It rescues kids that are being killed. It establishes orphanages. It builds hospitals. It starts educational institutions across the land. It works to abolish slavery through 
people like William Wilberforce and John and Charles Wesley and Orange Scott and Luther Lee. The church goes into culture. It does what the church should do. It waves the banner of Christ and it redeems culture that is lost. And then after it's done, it can retreat back in behind the wall. It can shut the door behind it and lock it and keep the government out of its business. That's the point of the wall, people. So for saying that, am I an extremist? So I'm pro-life, I'm pro-religious freedom, I'm pro-constitution. I think the constitution is the law of the land. Full stop. The Constitution is the law of the land, period. I don't think we need a bunch of little laws if we would just live by these big, simple laws. I think the reason we have reams and reams of little laws being imposed from the Supreme Court, from the House, from the Senate, from the President of the United States, from Washington, D.C., and then even in local governments such as Oklahoma City. I think the reason that we are being overrun by a bunch of silly, stupid little laws is because we've refused to honor the covenant, the Constitution. So I'm pro-Constitution, I'm pro-life, I'm pro-religious freedom, I'm pro-business. I don't think you should be stealing my private property through excess taxes. I don't think you should be stealing my money that I have worked to earn because you can't control your spending. I'm pro-business. I believe that businesses provide employment opportunities. I believe that business give businesses give people a way up and out. I believe that capitalism is good and that communism is bad. Does that make me an extremist? I'm pro-liberty. I believe people should have the liberty to disagree with me, to live a different life. And like Thomas Jefferson said, if it doesn't break my leg or pick my pocket, what do I care? Oh, I can disagree with you, and I should have the right to go on radio, go on a podcast. I should have the right to, uh, to write in my Washington Times columns that I disagree with you, that I think your ideas are broken. I think they're wrong. I think they're going to result in chaos and disorder, and the loss of human dignity and human freedom if your ideas are imposed upon all the rest of us. I think I should have the right to say that. But I don't think it should be illegal for you to be wrong. If you want to do stuff in your bedroom that I think is immoral, then you have the legal right to do that. But I don't think you should be able to silence me if I want to say it's unhealthy, it's wrong. Do what you want, but don't suggest that all of the rest of us have to stand in the bedroom door with it open and applaud what you do. No. No. I'm pro-police. I believe in law and order. I believe that a country without borders is no country at all. Does that make me an extremist? I'm pro-Israel. I think we should support the only, the only country in all of the Middle East that is a democracy that actually agrees with a lot of what I just said with regard to human freedom, a covenantal government, pro-business, pro-liberty, pro-police, pro-law and order, pro-borders, pro-defense. And because I believe Israel has the right to all of those things, that makes me an extremist? How is it that I'm an extremist? I, I would argue those that are calling me that are the very ones that just voted for pro-abortion, pro-infanticide, pro-sodomy, pro biology-denying, gender-bending, anti-science, pro-racist, anti-constitutional neo-Marxism. 
I'm the extremist? I'm the one who's an extremist because I think all of that stuff has been proven throughout the course of human history over and over again to be a bad idea? Killing children? Engaging in fantasize? Celebrating sodomy as if it's your personal identity when it's clearly your personal choice? It isn't who you are. It's what you choose to do. Your libido doesn't define you. Something bigger than that should define you. Hopefully it's your Lord. Oh, my land. And then by challenging all of this LGBTQIA alphabet soup lunacy, that makes me an extremist. I actually believe a woman exists and that when she is black-faced by a man who wants to dress up in a cartoonish, grotesque, exaggerated way and mock and malign women by doing so, that raising my hand and saying, wait a second, that's not, that's not pro-woman. That's actually misogyny. That makes me an extremist? How about standing against racism? Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter's racism. It's blatant racism, people. Critical race theory is racism. They're telling you to judge other people by the way they look, by the color of their skin. Full stop. Period. That's what they say. And when I say, wait a second, isn't that racism by definition? No, you're the racist for suggesting that it's racism. I'm the extremist for pointing out this logical nonsense, this gymnastics, this illogical gymnastics that leads us to somehow celebrate the racism of a racist organization and racist movement? I'm the extremist? And by defending the Constitution as a good thing and not the product of white privilege, that makes me a racist? By actually quoting what the Black Lives Matter organization, the critical race theory people actually say about their own stuff, that they are neo-Marxists. They believe Marxism is good, that it, it, we just haven't done it the right way yet. Oh yeah, it didn't work that well in the Soviet Union, and it's had its problems in Red China, of course. Uh, I mean, 100 million people killed between the Soviet Union and Red China. I, I know that's a little bit of a problem, just, just, a, just a, a smidgen of a problem there. But if we just take that worldview that's resulted in all of those deaths, in that butchery, in that worldwide genocide, uh, if we just take that same worldview and tweak it a bit and try to do it a different way here in the United States, it'll work out just fine. I'm the extremist for saying, what? What? What the heck are you talking about? The bottom line, the bottom line here, people, is this. Conservatives... Conservatives, and I am a conservative, I am a conservationist, I don't apologize for it. I believe in conserving things. Material things like clean, clean air and clean water, yes, I believe that we should be responsible conservationists for being good stewards of the environment that God has given us. Otherwise, we'll kill ourselves by drinking poison all the time. So, yes, conservationist, I am one. But I also believe that if we can serve the material at the expense of the moral, we're going to die anyway. So conservatives should be conserving time-tested morality as well as the material things that we need for our sustenance. And conservatives don't vote for a person. Just because I 
voted for Donald Trump doesn't mean I agree with everything Donald Trump did and said. I've made some of you that are listening right now nervous once in a while because I've criticized him for a tweet. I've criticized him for his acerbic tone. I've criticized him for being less than presidential at times. Oh, you may disagree with me and you may say, well, you're being too harsh on him. That's fine. That's your right. That's your privilege. But the bottom line, at the end of the day, Donald Trump gave me more freedom rather than less. He stayed out of my life. He didn't intrude into my life. He defended me. He did exactly what I asked him to do when I had the privilege of meeting him once, where I looked him in the eye and I said, Mr. Trump, should you become president of the United States of America, I have one request of you. Just leave me alone. Stay out of my life. Let me be a Christian. And that's what he did. That's what he did. Just because Donald Trump isn't a nice guy, and just because I believe that these policies are more important than a rude, ill-mannered, and caustic man. Just because I believe that stuff, that makes me an extremist? While you go out and vote for this debauchery? A party that believes in codifying into law the very things that led to Israel's judgment... You know, it's said that Winston Churchill was rude, abrasive, and off-putting, and that he was unpopular and uncouth. It's also said, and frankly, I would think that it's been proven, that had it not been for Churchill, we'd all be speaking German today. Am I an extremist for believing that Winston Churchill did some good things? Am I an extremist for opening my show every day? with that speech from Winston Churchill. Does that make me an extremist? He probably could have competed with Donald Trump in the rude, abrasive, off-putting, and uncouth categories. Neither one of them were uh, were nice guys. But both of them, both of them conserved more liberty rather than less. Both of them believed believed in the dignity of the human being. If that's extreme, then I'm guilty as, as charged. Maybe it's time for a few more extremists who actually, who actually believe, who actually believe that it's time to defend young children. Defend nuns who just want to be left alone to practice their faith. Defend the Constitution. Defend business. Defend the police defend Israel, defend liberty. Maybe it's time for a few of us to become more extreme. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.